Welcome back to End to End. Myself and Joe are here with you for episode 17 of season three. And we got, again, a lot of news to talk about once again. Tippy Tom Wilson's back in the news. He's doing some stupid stuff. I think if you're living, living under a rock, I mean, you just don't know what's going on. But if you are living on top of the rock, you definitely know what's going on with the Rangers, the Washington Capitals, and what happened in that fiasco. There's a lot of milestones we have to talk about as well. A lot of clinching teams as well. A Florida matchup in the NHL as well for the first time in their history. So without further ado, let's get it right into the first piece of news. And this is the biggest news of the week. So Joe, why don't you just tell us what happened in that fiasco of a game? All right. So this is the craziest news by far of the whole year. And it's like it all happened. It's basically played out for the entire week, which is even crazier. So on Monday, the Capitals and the Rangers played each other. And there was a scrum in front of the net in which Wilson kind of brought down Buchnevich and punched him like kind of in the head, kind of like in the shoulder area. And that started a big scrum, obviously, because Buchnevich was down for a couple of seconds. And then Panarin, who didn't have a helmet on, like I think he was just scrumming with someone that came off, went on top of Wilson. (laughs) Wilson being like the absolute animal that he is basically turned around, kind of grabbed his hair and like threw, basically threw him to the ice. But lucky there was no injury there. He Panarin landed like on his shoulder, could have landed on his head. It could have been so bad, but he didn't. He got up right away and was kind of going after him. And then that was just a crazy scene. And then I think Wilson just got a, a five-minute major for like fighting or like a 10-minute misconduct, but not kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. And he actually stayed for the rest of the game. Washington won that game. I believe 6-3 and Wilson scored one of the goals, yep. which was nuts. So that all happens. In one game, yeah. In the one game. Now, do you want to break down what happened on the yeah. Tuesday? <laughs> the Wednesday, I think it was. But um, I didn't watch the brawl when, it, when the game started. I missed it. But just... I think six fights in under a minute or something like that. And, you know, the penalty box is filled with blue shirts and white shirts. And Tom Wilson was at the start of this. I mean, he was the one and obviously player safety we'll get to as well and our opinions and thoughts about that. But uh, after that game, though, we missed the point. He got fined $5,000. A lot of people should have thought that have been uh, games instead of money. And obviously leads over to the next game. The storyline going to the game is what are they going to do about Wilson? Are they going to go after him and jump him? There was one player who kind of jumped in was Brendan Smith. Uh, I think it was in the four minute mark of the game. So Wilson's first shift and they fought uh, kind of not settled it, but I guess if you want to use the word settle the, I don't know, heat in the moment, I guess, but uh, they both got 10 minute misconducts and then Tom Wilson actually gets injured and doesn't play for the rest of the game. So I don't know what we want to say about that, but I mean, is it fake? Cause he missed last game and now he's back uh in the lineup tonight but just uh there's so many things that are going on with this situation that's very weird and you know it's something we haven't seen in a while in the nhl i think the last time we've seen it was like two i could be wrong but two years ago a year and a half ago i don't think we've ever seen this before in a very long time so i mean a lot of viewers definitely viewed that game on wednesday between washington and uh an eliminated team the new york rangers so I think we just go back to the Tom Wilson $5,000 fine. Did you think it should have been games? Did you think it should like, 
I think that my problem, and I think I said this before, I think we both said it before, is the $5,000 fine is way too little. I think they really have to up that price. I mean, we just saw the New York Rangers release a statement, which we'll get to as well. There's a lot of things going into this, but what? how many games do you think Wilson should have caught? Well, he should have got at least one so that that whole fiasco on Wednesday didn't happen because him being there kind of initiated everything, right? Yeah. But... <laughs> I'll get to like my kind of view on it soon, but like he should have definitely gotten a game where I, the rest of the regular season, because there was only like two or three games left and he already had a seven game suspension this year. He's a repeat offender this year for God's sake. <laughs> and they only find him for that. But if they really wanted to avoid, I mean, whatever was going to happen Wednesday, they could have just suspended him for that one game. And I don't think all those fights would have happened at all. Yeah. Maybe a few, but not like six in the first five minutes or whatever yeah. it was. Um, so that's my view on it in terms of how many games. What I will say is that the NHL said nothing about this. And the reason for that is they wanted people to watch that game on Wednesday sure. going in. People who don't watch the Rangers, who don't watch the Capitals, to tune in Wednesday night prime time to watch that at MSG. I have co-workers who know about this story that don't watch <laughs> hockey. They saw it in the news and, and they even knew what the hell was going on. So like the NHL, I guess, achieved what they wanted to. They got eyes on the game that they would have never gone before, which is True. like, it's such a business maneuver. Like, yeah, it's, it's just like, that's how I think they did. They didn't say anything about it, like regarding the suspension or like, but, you know, we're going to calm this down. They said nothing. They wanted that to happen on Wednesday. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you there. And with the Wilson suspension, what he should have gotten, should have gotten. I mean, I, like our other co-host on Burning Leaf talked about it, Russo, and he said that, like, if you suspend him for the rest of the regular season, what does that really do for the Capitals? They're in the playoffs. He's going to come back in the playoffs. So what does that really do? He, should, he said he should have been throwing the book for the rest of the regular season and five games in the playoffs. I don't know if I can fully agree with that, though, because I don't think what he did is necessarily over a two-game suspension. I mean, that, it doesn't happen in hockey all the time, but you see skirmishes and you know throwing down happen like that. But when it involves Tom Wilson, the most polarizing figure in the NHL right now, that's surprising to say. But you got to throw something at him because he was a repeat offender, like you said, against um, – Brandon Carlo a few like months ago and he got to spend seven games. So I don't know. I don't know if this guy's going to learn. Clearly he's, clearly he's not. Um, but you know, like you said, I think you said Panarin, you know, maybe shouldn't have jumped on Tom Wilson, the, the bear. So, I mean, you really poked him there, but this guy is just not learning, I guess. And we always say a next suspension, they're going to throw the book at him. They didn't really do anything there. So I don't, I don't know, but yeah. And like, like, you said like Panarin like is kind of at fault for getting on. Like he didn't have a helmet on. Like if mm -hmm. he was smart, he would have just kind of gone after someone else, not go after that guy, no helmet on. And like, he could have, it could have been ended a lot worse. And yeah. obviously he's, he missed the regular rest of the regular season. Who cares? It was like two or three games. He's probably just banged up anyways. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, I think that's why they, they only did the, like, and, you know, they didn't do like throw the book at him and stuff. Yeah. And also I hate the fake outrage crop, the crowd that just wants this guy banned from the league, kicked out of hockey, go to the electric chair. Like, I'm sorry. Like that yeah. doesn't fly. Like 
what he did was bad. I'm not excusing it, but it's not <laughs> like he went out of his way, ran after Panarin and threw him. Like you go after a guy like that with his history and like how intense he plays, stuff like that could happen in a scrum. You don't, you never know. And people are comparing it to like the Steve Moore Bertuzzi thing. Like get the fuck out of here. It's not even close to the same. The guy ended a career and it was a punch to the back of the head. And then he put his head on to the ice. Yeah, like, he, he was in, his intention was to hurt him. Yeah. There was no intention to really, I guess, throw his head to the ice. Yeah. But again, it's just an un- unreal. This like every time he does something like someone wants this guy like killed or something like relax. Yeah. And that's because his past history. I don't think it's because the play that happened, but you, when's he going to learn? The question is, when is he going to learn? And I don't think, I think the answer is no, I don't think he ever is going to learn, but you know, we'll see what happens with Wilson. Wilson. But another suspension that actually happened in this series was Buchnevich cross check on Mantha. In my opinion, I thought that should have been a game, but compared to what happened the night, two nights previous, it maybe shouldn't have been a game, but even if that stuff doesn't happen on Monday or Tuesday night, and then Buchnevich still does it, I still think that's a game. No. Or yeah, some sort of suspension. Sure. For sure. So yeah, he got one game for it. So it's for sure because you're you're intending to go up to the head with the cross check. Like I've even been suspended for that in minor hockey. So if you don't get suspended for that in like the NHL, like, yeah. And it was pretty bad too. Like Manta kind of was going at him, bragging him on, but he should have just dropped the gloves then. Like that whole game was full of fighting. Yeah. But you don't you don't do that to someone. Like if he yeah, no. Manta, I think, wanted to go. And he just cross-checked him in the face. Like one game, I think was perfectly fine for that because it's it's not a yeah. smart play. Yeah, no, it was just very stupid, and that was out of the way. So uh, that's the suspension, the only suspension that happened, I believe, in that series, which is very shocking to me. But another thing that happened was the Rangers organization was fined two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for comments made on NHL player safety. I think we should leave this to our what you say segment. We will say what happened there. I think everyone knows what happened, but we'll just get our, like your thoughts and my thoughts on uh, what happened and transpired there. But after that, the Rangers fired uh, Jim. I think his name is Jim Gorton, I believe, and Davidson. So that was their general manager and president of hockey ops and hired Chris Jury as president and general manager of the team. Was this a surprise or did you see this coming after the events that transpired or what was your thoughts on this whole situation? It was uh, messed up to say the least. It was so surprising. Again, this come this stems apparently, well, not apparently from the statement that the Rangers released that we'll get to later, but it came out of nowhere considering Davidson's only been there for like two years and they've literally won. They've lucked out in the draft lottery both years. So they got Kako in 2019. They weren't supposed to go that high. They, they weren't that bad. And then they got Lafreniere and they were in the bubble, like the play-in. So like they also lucked into that as well. So, I mean, they that really accelerated the rebuild. They signed Panarin that offseason when uh, Davidson got there. Zabinajad's really flourished. They got their young goaltenders. They got Adam Fox, who's a Norris candidate for sure this year. They're in the right direction. They would have made the playoffs, I think, if it was a regular kind of division because they were in by far the hardest division out of the four like they have like 60 points Mm -hmm. that's more than montreal and i think st louis right now and those guys are about st louis clinch montreal's about to clinch so it's the reasoning for it provided by ownership james dolan was that he wasn't satisfied with where the team was at even though they were like 
They have a plus goal differential. They were trending in the right direction. If they didn't have that terrible kind of month and a half to start the year, they would have probably made the playoffs. But they were so bad to start, and they really kind of picked it up in March and April. That kind of was a little bit too late because the rest of the division just took off. But, yeah, very surprising. Like, they were in going in the right direction, and, like, yeah. playoffs was a realistic expectation next year. Yeah, and, you know, two years ago, I believe they released a statement as well saying we're going to be going in a rebuild, retool, and two years later, he's coming off the books and out as general manager. So I believe Davidson was there for – two years and Jim Gordon was there for five years. So with Davidson, that's very surprising. The guy who's hired by uh, hired for a president job and then leaves after two years. That's I've never really seen that before. So, I mean, he's definitely going to another organization. I just don't know where it is and who's going to want him, but he's a good president and Jim Gordon. I mean, like you said, lucked into the draft lottery with Kako and Lafreniere, obviously signed Panarin, obviously traded for Zabinijad, got Ryan Strom. So he kind of built this team in a way and, I mean, his work is done there in the Rangers, but I think his work might still live on whatever the next guy comes in. is. And it's Chris Drury, a uh, former player, former captain for their team. Whatever he decides to do, I think he's going to make the smart decision and kind of make this team better uh, and not rebuild because I think they got their pieces already set in stone. But very surprising news. They said it's not from the statement that, that they kind of got fi- they fired those two, but... I mean, you could say what you want about that. There's always speculation, but honestly, we'll never know about it. Maybe 20 years down the line, but yeah, surprising news in this whole series. I mean, we spent what, what, how, how much time are we at? Like 13 minutes, 13 minutes about this. And it was much needed because this is something we've actually never seen before in the hockey world. I, I don't remember ever seeing no suspension on Tom Wilson, a suspension of 25,000, 20, 2005 like just like a uh, suspension after suspension fine after fine firing and then an underrated storyline from this whole thing we should have been waking up on wednesday morning thinking about tj oshi how he's going to play for his dad as his dad passed away on monday and he scores a hat trick in that game and that's the storyline that gets pushed under the rug a bit and it shouldn't have at all we're here we're, we're here today talking about something that we really shouldn't be spending our time on and should be talking about the storyline for oshi yeah, that was amazing what he was able to do there. I remember, like, I saw the tweet that he sent out that his dad passed away. I remember specifically, like, watching the Caps uh, celebration, like, when they were still on the ice. His dad comes out and he's talking to, like, the media. And he's like, yeah. you know, he's he's already has Alzheimer's. And this was three years ago. And he's like, yeah, he'll always remember this forever. And I, I remember that. So when I saw that tweet, I was like, like, like I knew, like, he was kind of suffering from yeah. that. And it sucks because, like, he's not even that old. Like, he's probably maybe 60-something. And Oshie's, like, in his mid-30s. So, like, it, it sucks when your parent dies of Alzheimer's, like, in their 60s. So, that's really tough for him. He was able to come out, score the hat trick. He was really yep. emotional on the bench after he came back. All of his teammates were kind of around him on the bench and stuff. So, that was awesome to see. And like you said, it was such an underlying, under-the-carpet kind of story that – the world or the at least the hockey world should have been paying more attention to. Yep, for sure. Agree. And this is the Capitals doing this without Alex Ovechkin, their captain, who's missed multiple games for the first time since 2015. I know you know a lot about that, but this is just unreal that Ovi wasn't even a part of this whole situation. And, you know, obviously he was there. I think he would have made some damage, but yeah, Ovi wasn't there. Uh, the Rangers and Capitals have that rivalry now that I think will last a couple years. So 
Um, I think we can move on to the next piece of news, and it's another stupid ass suspension. Um, Shane Gossesbear has been suspended two, what well, was suspended two games for basically, basically being a piss baby about uh, an empty net goal that Mark Friedman scored, and he cross checked Mark Friedman into the boards, and he obviously went crashing into the boards. Luckily, he didn't get injured, but just a really dumb bonehead move. He could have got really, really injured on that play. And uh, Gossesbear hasn't had the greatest year, but he's got some points on the power play and stuff. But this two games, I think it honestly could have been more. But I mean, they had what three games left of their season. So uh, did you see the play or? Yeah, I did. It was stupid, yeah. and that that whole play summarizes that the Flyers yeah. season. Yeah. Like, if you were to look at one play, it's one of the guys that's been a scapegoat there for like two, two, three years now. Of is he going to get traded? Is he not going to get traded? Then he does that, gets suspended. That just basically capulates their entire underwhelming, mm-hmm. by far most underwhelming team this year. And I don't know what they're going to do, the Flyers. We talked about it a few weeks ago, if they're going to make it like a major trade or something to one of their core players. So we'll see this offseason because they didn't really have much of an excuse as to why. Like, it's not like the kids said, you know, we had COVID and we had like half our team was injured. Like, they don't have those excuses really. Like, they had some injuries here and there. Like, Couturier missed like the first two weeks of the year, but that was four months ago now. Carter <laughs> Hart, they basically shut down when their season was done. So, like, they don't have many excuses is kind of the big problem with Philly this year. And I just don't know what they're going to do in the offseason. Yeah, they had that situation with the outdoor game where Voracek wasn't playing, Giroux wasn't playing, the Konechny wasn't playing. But that was, like, a two-game stretch. And, I mean, you can yeah. really just get back in two-game stretch. Like, that's not an excuse. But just, yeah, underwhelming season from the Flyers. Uh, one of the more underwhelming storylines in the past few years about a team who went to the bubble were hot, beat the Montreal Canadiens and went to this uh, third ra- no, second round and lost to the New York Islanders there. And this was a team I projected to be first in that division. And obviously clearly they're not, they missed the playoffs, but yeah, this is very surprising. I don't know what they do. They trade a star player. I don't know. They've been together for a while. This is a team that has had many general managers and many presidents that just have come over and come over and the same guys and players are still there. So I think you might have to look right into your player's eyes and say, what the hell is going on? So uh, that's it for, I think the suspension talk and like discipline, but some milestone talk, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, Mark Andre Fleury earns his 490th win moves in a third all time. I believe we talked about him tying Ed Belfort a week ago. So just another milestone for flower here. Yeah, this was inevitable. We said it last week. He was going to get to third like this week. And he is only 10 away from 500, which is just an unreal accomplishment. He'd be the third goalie in NHL history to hit 500 wins, which is, you know, sometimes you don't think like he's in that kind of rarefied air where, you know, he's the third winningest goaltender of all time. Like he's not really at the top, even though he's always been like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had the longevity. He's played for good teams, obviously. So that that would help. But he is just continues to win. The way he plays, like, is still kind of unorthodox. He moves all around his net, and he's still very athletic for his age, which is great. Um, so yeah, he's gonna hit 500 next year. Who knows if it's gonna be with the Golden Knights? That's the real question. Because I think he's a UFA after this year. No, I think I could be one, wrong. I think that. he has one more year, but okay. So I just, yeah, I could be wrong, but just that situation though, like they have so much money tied up in goaltending, right? Yeah. So who knows even what the Seattle expansion 
<laughs> maybe Seattle takes them. Oh, maybe they shit. maybe they take Liner. Who knows? <laughs> like that'd be crazy. But uh, we've seen things like that happen. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But yeah, he'll hit 500 next year. Who, who, just a matter of when is he going to stop? Really? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think he. I believe he's like 37 years old, right? Like 36, yeah, 37, 36, 37, something like that. And he's still here, still playing, still getting wins. So Mark Andre Fleury, congrats to you again. Some other milestones. Finally, finally, Anze Kopitar has hit 1,000 points. I've been waiting to get that article out, and it is out on his 1,000 points and what his career was kind of leading up to this point. So, I mean, just crazy. A kid from Slovenia comes in the NHL, one of the, I don't know, biggest cities in the world in Los Angeles, and he goes there, dominates, gets the captaincy, hits 1000 points. I mean, that's just a pretty incredible storyline there for Anze. Definitely. He's like one of the most underrated stars of our yeah. generation for sure. Yeah. He's like in that Crosby OV kind of era with like Taves, Kane, cause they're all around in their early to mid thirties. Um, yeah. He's probably the most underrated of all of them hit a thousand points. Uh, great two way center kind of came out of nowhere. Really. You know, he's from like Slovenia, which is a country that does not produce NHL players. Never mind a guy that has a thousand points in the NHL. Yeah. Captain of the Kings, mm -hmm. two time Selkie winner, won the Lady Bing, two cups. So he's a slam dunk Hall of Famer for sure. And it's just great that he finally got to that to that milestone. Yep. And then another milestone that was reached yesterday night, I believe with two points. Uh, Phil Kessel reaches 900 points in his career. I mean, this guy could definitely hit 1,000 uh, if he plays a bit more games. I mean, he needs obviously 100 points, but this is a guy I think later. I don't think he's obviously first ballot Hall of Famer. There's only two guys in the league right now that I think are that, and it's Crosby and Ovi. But Phil Kessel could be one that, like, it could be 20 years, 15 years down the line, and they could go, hey, Phil, you want to go to the Hall of Fame? It could be. I don't know. But what, what are your thoughts on maybe a Hall of Fame trip for Phil Kessel? It's going to be tough because he does have the cups, which definitely helps him. He played big parts in them. He'll hit a thousand, most likely. Just he, the, he doesn't he have doesn't, the awards, right? Yeah, he doesn't have any awards. Yeah. I don't think. Like I, he might have rookie of the year. He might. He has the um, Bill Masterton, I think, because he had the the one that cancer. Phil. Yeah, <laughs> he had the cancer and obviously came back and was dominant. But I think that's it for Phil, and that was like twenty eight, two thousand eight. It's tough. I would say, yeah, like you're right, maybe 10, 15 years he'll get in. We'll see where his career ends up. Like if he hits a thousand, if he hits like a thousand, but it takes him like longer, like say like he really slows down, for example, even though he's having a solid year, like yeah. way better than last year anyways. So say like he, either, I don't know, he's 33 or 34 now. He starts slowing down, takes him a while to hit a thousand, then maybe it's kind of borderline. But if he hits like, you know, 50 points, 50 point seasons, yeah, yeah. and he's at a thousand, then I think it'll help him. So we'll see. I, you're He's borderline for me because <laughs> he never, he didn't win really anything other than no. the cups. No individual awards really. And he wasn't like a dominant, dominant player, like a Kopitar, for example. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's a tough one, but he might be borderline. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he played in the biggest market in the world and well, not the world, sorry, in hockey, sorry, uh, with Toronto. And that kind of helps, I guess, in a way. But the awards aren't there for Phil, but another cup maybe helps him. But we'll see. One of my favorite players growing up obviously played for the Leafs. So uh, one at Phil, 900 points, baby. So another piece of news. I think we have two more, three more. Sorry. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about McDavid. He needs four points to reach freaking 100. That is <laughs> stupid to say. 
Yeah, he could get it tonight versus Vancouver. He's already done it this week where he got four points, so he could definitely hit it tonight. Um, I think he only has three games left or four. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He'll, he's going to hit it. It's. More, I just want it to be like more impressive that he'll yeah. hit it before 56 games. So I, I believe he has four games left. I'm Somebody 95% sure. <laughs> Let's check. Including tonight. I think just two more versus Montreal for sure. And then tonight versus Vancouver. So that's he three. Four, yeah. he, has four. Yeah, he has four. So he's going to hit it. I would like to see him hit it tonight. Cause that'd be nuts. Yeah. Four points. And then he's got also got like three games. He can get like one Oh five or something stupid, but yeah, the unbelievable season. The like they had, there was like a chart where they had like the past 20 art Ross winners mm-hmm. and he is above like half of them, but he's only played 50 games. <laughs> It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I believe on TSN they said he was on pace for an irregular 82-game season, 154 points, which is crazy. That's like, yeah, that's the most in 25, 26 years since Lemieux. Yeah. So yeah. just like literally, we've never seen this in our lifetime. Like we thought no. that Kucherov was impressive. He's like 20 points back of Kucherov with playing less than 30 games, 30 games left, which is just insane. Yeah, this guy just... Most important player to hockey, especially right now. Like, I know Crosby's still there. We have uh, some other players in the league who are great, but Connor McDavid, the captain of the Oilers, just keeps getting it done. I don't know how. I don't know. Like, he just does stuff. Every time I look at the score, the app, and he just gets two points, three points, four points. I'm like, how easy is it for this guy? But, yeah, McDavid is maybe the best player we've ever seen play this game. Uh, I know there's Gretzky, there's Hal, there's Lemieux, but – this guy just does everything that much better, and it's a harder game to play right now. So, McDavid, four points to the century mark. I hope he can say when we go and record this episode next week that he has hit it, has hit the milestone. So, if you did, McDavid, man, this guy's crazy. But uh, that's it for the milestone news. Uh, we can get to Lucic moving his no no wave. No, sorry, he moves his no wave clause to actually help the Flames this time around. Uh, so they can per- not protect him in the expansion draft. So he will be eligible for Seattle to take. Obviously, not they're not going to take him. That'd be really stupid. But this is a big move for the Flames. I guess so. This is probably the highlight of their season. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he had to, he only has one year left. They could since he waived it, they could I think buy him out. But I don't know if they will do that. Yeah. Like no one really knows what's going to happen with the Flames now. It looks like Brad Treliving is out. Kind of it looks like he's on his way out. I don't think he had any uh, decision in the Daryl Sutter hire. That's what it kind of sounds like from like what I've been reading on Twitter and stuff like that. Who knows what's going to happen to like Sean Monahan, Goudreau, yeah. like what they're going to do with that team because they they like the Flyers. They really underperformed. Yeah. I thought they were going to be a top three in the North Division this year. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I was wrong. As Ottawa has the same number of points as them, <laughs> um, so if they lose the next couple, they could finish below Ottawa potentially. Which is I don't even know what to say. Ottawa, to be fair, has been like literally yeah. I think the best team in the whole division the last ten games. Yeah. They're seven, one and one, I think, in the last nine or something like that. Like, they've literally been better than the Leafs the last 10 games, which is like crazy to say. So, I mean, yeah, Calgary, no one knows what they're really going to do this offseason. So, Lucic moving is no wave. Let's see what's going to happen with that. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what happens. Um, we can get to Team Canada, the U18 World Championships. They 
beat Russia in the final, I believe 5-2. Obviously, Shane Wright was a standout. Connor Bedard was a standout. And on Russia, I think his t- name is M- Mati Michkov. And these three might be the future of the NHL. I've been like, I've been watching Shane Wright for a lot of time. And Connor Bedard stepped on the scene with the Regina Pats this year, was dominant there, and obviously dominant in this tournament. And Michkov is a special player. But Russo told me that there's a thing in his contract where I believe his draft year is the same as uh, Connor Bedard, and that's 2022. But he actually can't play in North America until 2025 because he signed a six year contract in the Russian league of the MHL or VHL or KHL. So we won't be seeing this guy until 2025 in the NHL, three years after he's going to be drafted. I didn't know that at all. That's a good find there by your co-host Russo <laughs> there. I actually didn't know that. Like I know yeah. he's going to be in the same draft as Bedard because he has a late 04 birthday. So he would go into the next draft. And then Bedard's obviously in 05. So yeah, I didn't even know that. So that'd be like crazy. Cause like, if someone picks him second overall, <laughs> like they can't wait. They have to wait like two years still yep. or three years before he can even come over. Yeah. Um, unless they like somehow terminate like yeah, one or two years of that done, contract. Yeah. yeah. Something will get done. Cause I, cause Romanoff from Montreal did the same thing where he had to stay an extra two years. And he came over this year, but he, I think they voided like that last year or else he would still be there right now. Some, it was something like that, I think. So, um, yeah. That's that that would suck if that's true. If they're not able to get out from that, imagine picking second overall. Then you have to wait two years until that guy shows up. It's not like a Kaprasov where he was yeah. a fifth round pick. I know. <laughs> the second overall, most yeah. likely. So that would suck. But you're getting a great talent. I mean, people say Bardard, Wright, and Mitchkov are supposed to be the next Crosby Ovi. I mean. I can't say that right now. Obviously, they're very young. They're like 16 years old, which is crazy to say as well. But like just comparing them right away to Crosby and Ovi, I think we got to wait a bit of time to compare them to someone. But all the points are like going out to McKinnon, um, Ovi, obviously, is still there. But these guys are going to be special players in NHL and something to look forward to for sure. Yeah, this is the next wave Yeah, right after. I would even say this is like – the next like Matthews and like McDavid in terms of goal scorer and all around best player, because like I know the Mitchcock cause he's Russian, but like you have guys that like right now are like Ovi and Crosby. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, that was a good tournament to watch. I didn't watch every game, but Canada basically dominated the whole tournament. So yeah, they won gold versus Russia in the final. Uh, I think that's it for the news. We'll get into the award segment, starting with the Hard Hat Award, which is the award to the best player in the NHL the past week of play. You could go with your guy because at this point in time, his team is not great, but he's doing great. Yeah, like I could have picked any, I could have picked a couple other guys for this slot, but I decided to go with Mackenzie Blackwood of the Devils. We kind of ripped on the Devils all year because they were so bad and stuff. But Blackwood actually this week, this was against, I believe, the Islanders for maybe all three games or for two of them for sure. He went 3-0 with a 9.50 save percentage versus a couple of good teams. So, like, obviously the Devils have had a terrible year. They're still kind of in rebuild mode. They have a lot of young players. They have the youngest team in the league currently, even younger than Ottawa, I think. So, Blackwood, he went 3-0 this week. Like I said, 9.50 save percentage. So, he was kind of a good end to his season, which was a bit rocky here and there. I believe he had COVID at one point, too, or he was out on the COVID protocol list or something. So, yeah. Blackwood obviously is the future of that team in terms of goaltending. I think he's only 24. He could be called to the world championships uh, for IHF. He should be the starter in my opinion. 
because he's really good, even regardless of his record and his stats yeah. this year. But yeah, he had a good, I guess, good finish to his season, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the best goalies to maybe start your franchise with for the Devils. I think this is the perfect guy to choose. Uh, so Mackenzie Blackwood gets your hard hat award. And my hard hat award is some uh, some of the players we actually mentioned a couple of seconds ago comparing them to is Sidney Crosby. He's my hard hat award recipient this week. Three games played, four goals, two assists, six points, four even strength points, two power play goals. Uh, I think I've watched all of Crosby's games this week. And, you know, this guy is just, I don't know, he, he keeps dominating at the age he is. And he's not, he's not really going to slow down. And I, th- I don't think he ever will slow down in the NHL, even if he plays till 40. He's still got the determination. And I think the best part about Sidney Crosby is the, um, the skill set he has on his skates, the agility, the way he, he just moves and the strength. No one can push this puck off or push this guy off the puck except Brandon Dubinsky cross check him in the back of the head. But Sid does it on a nightly basis. More goals and assists is surprising this week, but he just keeps getting it done. Maybe a sneaky heart conversation uh, talk for Sid. Like we can talk about this after the award segment, but this is going to be a very tough uh, year to pick the awards just because a, you're playing the same guys every night and B everyone's honestly been good this year and deserving of every award. So, I mean, we'll talk about that after maybe the hot take and spicy meatball, but Crosby Blackwood are the hard heart awards recipients this week. Move into the golden plunger. So flush the toilet for these two players up one player and one team. We talked about the Rangers in this episode. I think we'll end with the Rangers in this one. So I'll go first. My golden plunger is going to Kaylor Yamamoto. He has had a very underwhelming season. I believe he has 20 points this year. And last year in like 20 something games, he had 20 points. And this is in 50 games for Yamamoto. He's pointless in the last eight. And if there's something to talk about with the Oilers, with McDavid and Drysdale carrying it, their other guys in the driver's seat or in the backseat or maybe even the trunk are not playing good at all on forwards. Like Yamamoto should be the guy stepping up even more than Nugent Hopkins, I think. He's just not at all. So uh, if they go to the playoffs and he's not scoring, that's an issue. But again, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl to carry that load. But he needs to get it going. So Kaylor Yamamoto is my recipient. Yeah, he's been rough this year. I had him in fantasy. He had a really hot start. So I was like, okay, this guy picks it up, <laughs> picking it up where he was last year. And then I literally dropped him after a month because he did nothing. <laughs> so... And I had dry, and I have dry sidle too, so that's why I'm like, okay, these guys are clicking, and then this the guy duo, just yeah. fell off a cliff, and then I don't know what happened. And like, <laughs> I know he's still really young. I think he's your age. I believe he's in 99, so I, he's still young. Obviously, it's not like this guy is like a bust or anything, no. but he had a very underwhelming season. Paul Yarvi really yeah. kind of stepped up in his absence. I think he has 15 goals. Paul Yarvi this year really helping McDavid, like getting those points, yep. finishing some chances off. So. I mean, yeah, Yamamoto really needs to step it up in the playoffs because they're most likely going to be playing the Jets, mm-hmm. it looks like. So we'll see what happens there. And then for my golden plunger, it is a team, and it's a team we talked about heavily in this episode, and that is the New York Rangers, just because of the entire, like, fiasco of, like, post-Wilson incident. So, like, right after that incident, it's been, like, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news with this team. Like, it was just, like, I've never seen anything like it. And we're going to get to the statement shortly. And that this is a big part of it. And the decision of firing uh, Davidson and Gordon also plays a role. And they're kind of being in the plunger spot. 
and then the whole Buchnevich suspension as well, and it, them losing all three games so far <laughs> yeah, this week. So it's just literally a disaster the entire week for the Rangers, yeah. and they could have made a they potentially made a decision that could alter their franchise with like letting Davidson and Gordon go, especially Davidson. I think he's a great president. If you notice, once he left Columbus, they kind of fell apart there too. That's true. Yep. So I, I would love to have him in Montreal because they don't have a president and they haven't had one in 10 years <laughs> since good old Bergie's been there. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, the Rangers are definitely the golden plunger for this week. Yeah, and honestly, perfect segue into what you say. So, Jason, you know what we're playing this week. What you say. And, yeah, we said that this statement was going to come in what you say and late in the episode. So, I, I just will get it going with the statement. So, the New York Rangers released a statement after the, I believe it was the NHL player safety did not rule anything for Tom Wilson. So, this is what they had to say, I believe, a day later. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that the Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and the Department of Player Safety failed to take an appropriate action and suspend him immediately. Wilson's dangerous and reckless action caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing ever again this year. We view this as a horrifying act of duty by NHL of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his role. I think the whole last sentence just basically sums it up perfectly. Um, I think the over, overdrive boy said it. That's, I don't think a sentence I've ever been said in the NHL, like unfit to <laughs> have your job. I don't think that's ever been said. Yeah. Especially by a team. Like, yeah. Like no one's ever said like this guy is like this guy should be fired. That's basically what they said. Like a team said this, and the thing is like the Department of Safety works under the NHL, which works for the owners, which is even crazy. So it's like the owner kind of telling this guy, "Hey, you work under me, and we don't like the job that you're doing here, protecting our our players," mm-hmm. which is honestly I agree because I hate Peros because he sucks ass. But, like, the fact that they said it is, like, yeah. absurd. Like, a team officially released this. And there's a lot of rumors that it came from straight up from ownership, which is James Dolan. And since we said the statement, the reason why Davidson and Gordon were fired from their jobs the next day is because they had no idea the statement was going out and didn't agree with it. Yeah. So Dolan basically got emotional because that's how he is. He owns the Knicks. This guy is kind of a disaster himself. <laughs> Uh, fires them like immediately and his excuse or his reasoning was that he didn't like the direction the team was taking like what are you talking about you're on the you literally did a rebuild in like two years yeah it's true so like i don't know what you're talking about but um yeah so that's why the the rangers this week they're just absolutely wild things that we've never seen from an nhl team um in my lifetime at least no (laughs) one's ever said this no apparently apparently the canucks issued this statement as well for the Bertuzzi incident, something similar to this. And they also got fined 250K. Um, but that was 2003 or four. So like, we haven't really seen this in our lives either. So <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Cause like a team said this, like we kind of yeah. fans say this all the time. Yeah. We think it, but a team saying it outright as an official statement to the public is just wild. Yeah, and just posting on Twitter with no context, just literally the picture, and you just read through it, you're like, whoa, 
And then this is not how you want to end an NHL season at all by a team player, owner, president, GM, coach, not at all. And then this is the wrong way to end a season. And it sucks. But just from one thing happening and not happening, a suspension to Tom Wilson, this is what it's led to. It might honestly lead to other firings in the NHL as well because, you know, people are going to be unhappy with suspensions, maybe in the playoffs or something like that. But just one incident that kind of overlays an organization a bit. They say it's not part of the decision in that statement, but I don't know. I think we all know it, it is. But uh, the Rangers, man, if this is the way you want at end of year, that's not the way. And then obviously, like you said, I think he owns the Knicks as well. If they just go out in the playoffs easily, they're gonna be that's a tough scene in New York as well. Yeah, I'm I think they're the four seed. So I think right now they're gonna play the Hawks anyways. So I mean, we'll see what happens there. We'll see. Uh so yeah, that's been our award segments. We'll go into the Battle of the Buds, and this is basically I'm the New York Rangers right now. I went 0-3 in this past week, so now you're kind of climbing up and I have a total record of 37 and 14. You went two and one this past week. So you kind of closed the gap a bit and you're 32 and 19. So, I mean, the door's still open. Yeah. I have a lifeline. You could have ended the season and you fumbled the bag and I have a lifeline. It's still really unlikely. I'm still five games back. So you literally have to go. Oh, and three again. And I have to go <laughs> three and oh, and then, Next week, it will be our last week for all those games, most likely. So, yep. I mean, it, I, I have a lifeline still. I thought it was going to be over a few weeks ago, but I've been uh, pretty lucky here. Yeah, so my games, I mean, pick the Jets over the Sens. The Sens lot, uh, won. We talked about the Sens, how they've been good recently. Then I picked that Tom Wilson game, I believe, on May 4th. And, uh, well, the Rangers lost that one. And then Lightning last night versus the Stars, they lost that one as well. So the Stars are holding on to dear life here. And so are the national predators in that division. We'll get to that as well, but uh, you can go with your games first and who you have for this upcoming week. Okay, sure. I have two games tonight. Uh, Cause tonight's the last big kind of night in the whole NHL. A lot of teams, regular seasons end tonight. So I have the avalanche in LA playing the Kings. They played last night. I have the avalanche winning back to back there. The Oilers play the Canucks. McDavid, hopefully, four points tonight. They lost versus the Canucks the last game. I don't think they're going to lose tonight. <laughs> and then the Maple Leafs at the Jets. I really want the Leafs to win. <laughs> so Montreal can still potentially get third seed in the division. It's really unlikely now because there's two points back with four games left, I think, for each team. So it's going to be tough, but I want the Leafs, hopefully, to win that game. Yep, and then next week, I actually tonight, it's tonight, I have the Lightning get a revenge uh, for their fumble yesterday against the Stars. So I have that. They're going to play the Panthers, and this is a preview for the playoff series that will happen later on in May. That's tonight. I have the Lightning winning that one. Then I have the Maple Leafs over the Sens on May 12th. I have the Leafs in that one, and they could easily lose because they just find a way always to lose against the Sens late in the year when the games don't matter for the Sens. So I have the Leafs, so hopefully they win there. And then the Golden Knights for Sharks, that rivalry is still there on May 12th, the same night as the Maple Leafs and Sens. I have the Golden Knights there. But the Sharks haven't been terrible, but they've lost and fumbled a bit of games recently. But I have the Golden Knights winning that one. So, as I said before, 37-14 and 14 is my record. 32-19 and 19 is Joe's. It's going to be a tight finish. The last couple of games, we're going to have to pick a bunch of Vancouver-Calgary games. So, I mean, it's what game is going to be the win and loss for us. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be a 
tight finish to the finish line here. Yeah, for sure. Joe Spicy Meatball, we always end this episode uh, with our final thoughts, obviously, but we have this segment, and it is for a hot take of the week. So do you have anything for myself? I don't. I don't have anything for you if you don't have anything. So it's tough because I've I've already exhausted so many <laughs> hot takes and like playoff scenarios kind of already. I don't really have one like right now top of mind. Like I could say something about like I like upsets in the first round, but that we'll probably get to that when yeah. we do our playoff preview, which most likely will be either next week or the week after. So the mm-hmm. only real real hot take I have is that the Flyers will make a massive transaction this offseason. Yeah, I mean, it depends what massive means for them. Is it trading Konechny? Is it trading Voracek? Is it trading Giroux? Because those are the guys where they really relied on and going into their core group, those are the core guys and they haven't really succeeded much. I think they've had two or three rounds with them in the playoffs and they went run round versus the Penguins. That was a high-scoring game in 2012. But other than that, they haven't really had much success for them. But I, I'm going to say, yeah, I think it will. I Just who on their team is going to get traded? Is it, like I said, Vorchek, Giroux? Is it Provorov? Is it other guys? Carter Hart, for that matter. I don't know. But I think you got to look yourself in the as a GM because I believe he's a new GM. And it's not his fault. He's uh, kind of getting that team in his own hands and they haven't really done anything to help him. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll say a massive move is coming. Cause I think that's what the NHL sees. And we also have expansion. You can, you never know who they can uh, leave unprotected, right? They might exactly. leave for check unprotected. You never know. Make yeah, seven mil. I think more in like eight, maybe, but like, yeah. So like, that's why like, I could have put probably something more spicier. This was kind of a half baked one. But, I mean, it's something that could happen. And especially with all the expectation they had, the fact that their core really hasn't gotten anything done. Like, they made the second round last year. Great. They played Montreal in the first round, and Carter Hart stood on his head, to be fully honest. Yeah, yeah. Two shutouts, right? Yeah. Two, two shutouts out of six games, I think. So, um, you know, they had expectation going in. Like, Giroux and Voracek are in their 30s. Um their other guys most likely are young. Kevin Hayes is like 30, who they inked to that massive deal. Deb JVR still, who's in his 30s. So, like, that's why, like, I don't know what they're going to do because they really haven't gotten it done with, like, those guys, to be fully honest. Yeah, they just locked up Lawton a few weeks ago at the trade deadline for another four, 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 five years, three million. So, yeah. <laughs> Putting your faith in the, like, they've had the same guys, right? Like, they haven't really mixed it around like they had jvr before and brought him back like i know yeah. it was years later but like i think you might just need a new new guy and is it johnny goudreau maybe i don't know we'll i don't know johnny goudreau for potentially uh for check or connect me no i don't know we'll throw see. in something else who knows we'll see but yeah the flyers are intriguing in these offseason as i mentioned the flames are also intriguing but once the playoffs start, we'll have some more spicy meatballs. We'll have some more predictions for that matter. I think it's going to be pretty nuts what we're going to see and transpire. But, yeah, that's been Joe Spicy Meatball. We're in the end, the end of the episode. Any final thoughts from you? So I'll have one final power rankings going over all the teams heading into the playoffs. I haven't done it in a few weeks because, like, there really isn't that much movement anymore. No, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to do one just right, like this week because it's the last kind of, you know, week with teams kind of wrapping up their season. So I'll do like final season power rankings and see where teams kind of 
are heading into the playoffs or heading into the off season for those that are not in like, you know, the top 16. Yep. And like you said, the teams that aren't in the top 16, they're going to be going to some of the players might be going to the world championship and that's happening in about two weeks time. So maybe read some articles on who I think might win the tournament who was the strongest team. It might not be Canada this year at all because they're gonna have a young nucleus of uh, on the, in that squad. I don't think I think the best player might be going is Jamie Ben, and that's not saying much. And he might even make the playoffs, so we'll see. But uh, World Championships coming up soon. NHL playoffs are coming up soon, so we'll definitely have preview articles for everything in that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Look at us at thebreakdownsports.com on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and just follow us there for all the content we post. And that's been N10. We'll come back next week stronger than ever, and yeah, we'll be back next week. Join us then. Woo!